This podcast is not meant to be professional advice of any kind. It's meant to be informative and entertaining. If you make any changes to your life, see the appropriate professional before you do so. Hello, and welcome to SuperAge. My name is David Harry Stewart. I'm the founder of Aegist. At SuperAge, we help you live better and become the best version of yourself. And who doesn't want a SuperAge? Welcome to episode 106 of the SuperAge podcast. This will be dropping on October the 19th, 2022. Today's show is brought to you by Inside Tracker, the dashboard to your inner health. Go to insidetracker.com slash save 20% on all their products. This show is also brought to you by Element, L-M-N-T, my favorite electrolyte mix. It's what I put in my water in the morning, and it's what I put in my water at the gym. Go to drinkelement.com slash ageist and receive a free eight-serving sample pack with your first purchase. So this week, as you're listening to the show, um, I'm actually going to be on vacation. Um, I'm going to be at the rather amazing Rancho La Puerta in Tecate, Mexico, Super excited about that. Um, it's a vacation. And, you know, one of the things that we're going to probably bring up today with Ken Vu, who's amazing, by the way, we get to Ken in just a moment, is this idea of how our mood, our thought, our level of stress signals our DNA to behave in a certain way. And it's something that, you know, Dr. Mike Roizen talks about also, um, the effects of stress and if you have vacation time, take it. Just like, don't be a hero. <laughs> You're not going to be better off for it. You know, take the vacations, reduce the stress, go do something different. So um, I'm not a big vacation guy. I'm a sort of like type A, let's get some work done sort of guy. Um, so going on vacations is sort of like a new learned experience for me. And so I'm going to Rancho La Puerta, which I'll tell you about next week when I'm back. Um, I believe it is the oldest spa in North America. And I think the founder, I want to see she's like 100 or something. And I, what I know about Rancho is anyone who's been there doesn't go once. They just, it, it becomes a way of life. They go like all the time. And um, so I don't know, I, I, I was invited down and I thought, okay. <laughs> suck it up we got to do this so i'm going to be doing i'm going to ride as many of the rides down there as i can and by rides i mean um you know there are different massages and sound healing and um gyrotonics and you know the 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 sort of negative thought that goes through my mind is but how will i work what will happen to my people at ageist when i'm not like doing my thing and how will i you know do my type a exercise program and um, no, <laughs> we're just going to switch all that off, give the cortisol a break and, you know, take a vacation and actually relax for a little bit. So I'm trying to make it a habit to do something like this, you know, a couple times a year, maybe every quarter, if I can, I find, you know, there's a lot of benefit to this. So I don't know, we're going to, we're going to suck it up and we're going to go to this amazing place and I'll tell you all about it in a week. And, um, I'm, I'm really excited. Um, so speaking of exciting, I have my friend, Dr. Ken Vu on this week and Ken is just, I, I think this is the second or the, maybe the third time we've had Ken on and he's just a remarkable guy. And I find with Ken, he gets more remarkable every time I speak to him. And it's, um, I don't know. He's, he's, it's amazing. You'll, you'll hear him. He's, um, you know, a lot of doctors, a lot of the people that we have on, on the show here, you know, we talk about science and longevity and medicine and, and that, and Ken is, you know, one of the, the most technical forms of medical science, which is, um, radiology. And he's going to talk about that. It's really, you know, his message is about kindness and love and how that's what signals our epigenetics. So we're going to get with the increasingly remarkable Dr. Ken Vu in a few minutes after just a quick word from our sponsor. Today's show is brought to you by Inside Tracker. Inside Tracker is the dashboard 
to your inner health. Just as a car has a dashboard so you can tell how fast you're going and how much gas you have, you need a dashboard for your inner health. You need to know what's going on inside your body if you're going to optimize it. You need some way to monitor what's going on inside your body. And then once you know what's going on inside your body, you need some way to help optimize that. And this is what I get from Inside Tracker. With their 43 biomarkers that they're testing, along with the genetics that they test me for, I know what I should be eating to really optimize where I want to be. And I get to choose that target of where I want to be. Am I working on brain health? Am I working on longevity? Is there something with my fitness that I'm interested in optimizing? The app will make recommendations personalized to me based on my blood work and my genetics. And that's something that I just think is invaluable. Um, It's not a replacement for seeing my doctor. It's not a replacement for any of the other professionals in my life. It is an additive, but it is an additive that is with me every day, all day. And I can consult it and I can see what should I be doing right now. And then I can test again and see what changes have happened. If you go to insidetracker.com slash ageist, you'll save 20% on all their products. Today's show is also brought to you by Element, the electrolyte mix that I've been using to stay hydrated and to keep my electrolytes in balance. I started placing Element electrolyte mix into my water after my workouts on the recommendation of a friend of mine who's a 50-time Ironman competitor. I told him that I was having a lot of trouble recovering from my workouts, and I thought it was my age. And it turned out it was my electrolytes. And once I started putting Element into my water... I noticed an incredible difference in my ability to recover from my workouts. It went from, I mean, truthfully, an hour or two to like 10 minutes Um, because the problem was my electrolytes were off. Now what I do is I put Element in my water when I get up first thing in the morning. I also have it in my water that I drink during the day. And then, of course, at the gym, I make sure that there's Element in my water. And of course, in my beloved sauna, the same thing, Element in the water. So it turns out that some of that brain fog and just muscle ache and sluggishness that I was feeling was not age-related. It was actually electrolyte-related. We talk a lot about hydration on this podcast, but the electrolyte mix within that water is really critical. Right now, Element is offering listeners of this podcast a free sample pack with any purchase. That's eight single-serving packets free with any Element order. It's a great way to try out all eight flavors and share Element with a salty friend. Get yours at drinkelement.com slash ages. This deal is only available through this link. You must go to D-R-I-N-K-L-M-N-T dot com slash ageist. We'll be leaving that link in the show notes too. After you check it out, let me know what you think about it. Did it make the change for you that it did for me? Hey, Ken, how are you today? I am doing fantastic. Really great to spend some time with you, David. It's great to have you back. Um, so um, you had a book out. When was that? Last year that came out? Yeah, uh, April of 21. All right. And what I love about your book is the way you talk about bioenergetics mm-hmm. and the way it, it signals our, our DNA. Yeah. So, so tell us, just remind us, what's bioenergetics? Well, bioenergetics is really the flow of energy between living organisms. And it turns out every energetic input, whether it's sound, whether it's light, whether it's emotion, is energy that gets translated and transmuted into different forms. And it actually affects our biology, right? We have light signals that come through our retina. We've got uh, receptors in our eyes that then change that into an electrical signal that it goes to our brain, it processes it, and then it changes and it affects our hormones and our different signaling molecules. So basically just how energy gets transferred into our bodies. And so when I started to study human performance and longevity, I started to study where people lived the longest. I really focused on people, you know, the blue zones. And if we, you know, remember the book, The Blue Zones, written by Dan Boitner, there are basically five locations around the world where people had the largest concentration of, of centenarians or people living over 100. And they were basically Okinawa, Sardinia, Italy, 
Costa Rica, Loma Linda, California, of all places, um, and uh, I, um, and and Greece. I, I carry a Greece, and they pretty much live in such a way that 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 conferred performance and that conferred longevity. And I was wondering if there was any biological correlates. And when I started to study these things, it turns out how they were living their life was actually changing the molecular environment around the cells that then affect our DNA. And then if we started to study these areas of DNA that confer longevity and that confer performance, it's almost a Rosetta Stone as to how we should be living our life. So there are basically five main levers that control basically the environment of our cells. Like I said, everything is energy, right? So these five main levers are this. There's the physical lever that are that includes sleep, nutrition, and movement. Then there is the emotional uh, lever. You know, how we feel actually changes the biochemistry of our cells. You know, if we are in states of anger, resentment, fear, worry, anxiety, we actually raise up the stress hormone. And that, that actually ultimately leads to genes that get turned on that increase inflammation and our immunity genes get shut off. Uh, and that basically creates a, a cellular milieu that eventually leads to poor performance, chronic disease, um, uh, and, and so forth. And then, we, you know, and there's also the, the mental lever. Our thoughts um, actually, or the thoughts that we focus on actually creates biochemical changes that happen in our body as well. And finally, that uh, having a sense of purpose or that spiritual component. And so these are the five main things. Now, every energetic input in our life actually speaks to our DNA. Our DNA is not fixed. Our DNA is constantly listening to its external environment, then it's making changes. Oh, are we in a, are, are we now in a healthy environment? If so, uh, let's turn on the healing genes. Let's turn on the stem cells for us to heal. But if it thinks that we are in a stressful environment, it's going to turn up those inflammatory genes. So, you know, the whole thing with bioenergetics is that every energetic input gets transmuted and it speaks to our DNA and our DNA is not fixed. It's constantly listening to its environment and based on our choices and how we live our life, particularly in those five areas we talk about actually changes the signals that we give to our DNA. And that ultimately confers to optimal health, longevity, and peak performance. If we want those things, we could recognize that based on how we live our life, it is truly medicine because it interacts with our DNA in such a way to either give us optimal health or can give us disease and poor performance. Okay. So um, some of the sort of stuff that I guess I would call sort of woo-woo. Yeah. Um, so, you know, like I go to, uh, so yeah, I, I go to, I'm going to go to Rancho La Puerta next week. Yeah. So, and, and they have a lot of sort of, you know, things like sound healing and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Which I've always thought is like, well, okay, <laughs> mm -hmm. but do I understand from you that there is a um, a bioenergetic effect from this, from these sort of things on my body? Absolutely. You know, uh, people talk about, you know, you, you know, sound healing. Talk about energetic healing. I, I believe in those modalities, and certainly. You should go to people that, that have been adequately trained because there's a lot of woo-woo people out there that are selling stuff that don't really understand how it works. So so be, be mindful of that. But there are things like, you know, just connecting deeply with people at, in, in, in a heart-centered way actually confers healing. You know, I have this example in my book of a cancer patient I used to treat named Bruce. Uh, he had liver cancer and very, you know... Uh, bad form of liver cancer where he didn't get a liver transplant, which was basically his only chance of su surviving, you know, a, 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 an extended period of time. And he didn't qualify for that. And so we use medical treatments to try to slow down the tumor. And I remember treating him, we would treat parts of his tumor and a new crop of tumor would, would return. And this kept going probably for about a year or two. Uh, and then he told me one thing. He told me, man, these tumors just keep coming back. My chance of surviving probably isn't very long. 
but Dr. Vu, I, I have some, I have some unfinished business, you know, before I die, I really need to reconnect with my, my brothers. And so he wrote these handwritten letters to all his brothers. And he told me right around that same time, he just started to focus every single day because he didn't know how much time he was going to have left on living a life of gratitude. And pretty soon I could see, you know, when he was coming in to see me, just his state changed. He's just, he, he was a much lighter version of himself. And here's the thing, the last treatment I did for him. And again, he probably at, at the time, because those tumors kept coming back, his median chance of survival, uh, you know, was anywhere from like three to five months. In 2014 was the last treatment I get, I've given to him. I've kept in touch with him. He has been tumor-free and the tumors haven't returned. Now, I'm a medical doctor. I'm not going to say that, you know, healing the relationships of his brothers and living a life of gratitude cured him. I won't say that. However, I do know because of bioenergetics, how it changes our state. And our state basically con conveys biological changes to our body and DNA and you know him changing his state actually coincide with these tumors not coming back and i don't think it's a coincidence and let's just remind me or remind the people here about what you do in the hospital you're not just a medical doctor you're sort of at the pinnacle of the science part of that yeah, absolutely. So I was trained as an interventional radiologist. And so for people who don't know what that is, radiology is medical imaging. We use CT scans, MRIs, ultrasounds, x-rays to pierce inside the body. And so we know what disease looks like in the body. And so we understand all different forms of chronic disease. As an interventional radiologist, I use those uh, technologies that actually perform minimally invasive surgeries. So I'm basically a minimally invasive surgeon that uses you know, CT, ultrasounds to do uh, procedures. Um, and so that's really the medical side of, of what I do. Um, unfortunately, you know, unfortunately, how I, you know, started to, you know, uh, go into the performance and longevity space was, you know, seven years ago at the pinnacle of my career, uh, I was a doctor who was treating disease, but I was also sick. I was overweight. I was diabetic. I had high blood pressure. I was on prescription medications. And I realized I was living in such a way that was going to, you know, have me end up in my own operating room table if I didn't change things. And so I, I knew that there were probably additional things that I did not know. Um, and I wanted to figure out a way to um, reverse, you know, what was happening in my life. And, um, you know, I, I had a very significant experience with a patient that really, you know, he was the same age as me, terminal pancreatic cancer. Mm. And I remember I was being asked to drain 10 liters of fluid from his belly uh, and just being like, oh my gosh, you know, I'm going through this hard time right now. And this guy is probably going to have it a lot worse than me. And so I braced myself before I walked in the door. And I remember opening the door and here he is. He, he just gave me the biggest smile. He had such positive energy. He was like, hey, Dr. Vu, I'm so glad you're going to be draining this fluid for me because you know what? It's getting the way of sexy time. <laughs> and I just remember cracking up. He like completely blindsided me with, 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 with his humor and all that. But I, I had to ask him, how are you? How are you so happy right now? He says, Doc, I didn't always used to be this way. I used to be stressed out all the time. But I realized that the only thing I have control over is how I show up in the world. And I choose to show up with love and positivity. And I was thinking, wow, here's a guy who's about to die. Um, but he's reminding me about how to live. And here's the big thing. He's reminding me about the power of choice. That no matter what the circumstances are around us, we have the possibility to choose. And that's when I really decided to make new choices in my life. And so I started to study nutrition, epigenetics. I did a fellowship in anti-aging and longevity medicine, started to study how people live so long in the world. And, you know, the biggest thing I got from all of this and studying epigenetics in particular is how we live our life is actually medicine, that our biography actually affects our biology. So pretty cool stuff. It's I. It's something we touch on a lot here. This this sense of agency that we have, mm -hmm. and I and I think that so many people 
sort of, um, they don't feel that that's true, um, that they don't have a sense of agency. When, in fact, as you said, you get to choose what you think about. <laughs> no one's forcing you. <laughs> you get to choose whether you smile today or not. That's, yeah. you, you do that. Um, and, that and that this really has a, a tremendous effect. And I, I love that. Tell me, I, I mean, we spoke once uh, a while ago about there's there's like the scientific studies around this epigenetic signaling, mm-hmm. like around how we think and how we feel. I just I find this just fascinating. Yeah. So, you know, let, let's br- let's break that down some more. And since we're talking about, you know, how we think, I'd like to bring up the concept of this default mode network, which which will surprise people because they're not aware that potentially there might be some old programming dictating how they think and and feel, and we can choose past that. So we'll get there in a second. So just emotions, for example. Um, I believe that it is a part of the human experience to uh, be able to experience the entire spectrum of human emotions. Uh, That's the great thing about being human. However, having said that, uh, when we are in chronic states of anger, fear, resentment, worry, anxiety, that actually changes our, um, our, our our body's biochemistry. The stress hormones go up. And we know that when the stress hormone goes up, it definitely activates the cell danger response. I talk about one particular gene complex in the body called the conserved transitional response to adversity, also known as the CTRA. And basically when our body you know, senses stress, it will actually activate inflammatory genes and it will deactivate immunity genes. And so when that gene complex is on chronically, it ultimately leads to chronic diseases like Alzheimer's, like heart disease, like metastases, like viral infections. But then on the flip side, the emotions of love, of connection, of uh, happiness, of joy, and particularly that of gratitude. There's been lots of scientific studies that those that focus on gratitude or, or have gratitude actually decreases inflammatory markers such as IL-1, IL-6, TNF-alpha in our body, and it actually increases our immune system. These are the emotions. So, you know, you know, we can go into uh, what to do with our emotions. We can go into emotional techniques if you want as well. But, you know, let, let's now move to thoughts. Here's the thing. We have probably about the 80,000 thoughts that go through our mind. The majority of those thoughts every day are probably repetitive. And the majority of those, like 80% of those are going to be negative. And there's a reason why that is. Um, There is, scientists are beginning to learn more about a part of the brain called the default mode network. The default mode network is basically um, a primitive part of our brain used to kind of keep us safe and to help us survive. It's actually the autopilot mode of our brain. It's also the survival mode of our brain. And essentially what happens is this, when we Right after we're conceived, all the way up to about the age of 10, our brain is like a sponge of information. It's going to learn from TV, from parents, from society, from all, all around the world. And, and the default mode network actually looks at you know, the world and comes up with beliefs and, and, and models of how the world works. It also looks at where we fit in the world. Our, the ego actually you know, is from this default mode network. And here's the thing, it's constantly looking for what can hurt us. You know, this is the survival part of the brain. So it's constantly looking for what it can hurt us. That's why there's a negativity bias. You know, it remembers our fears and traumas. It tries to protect us. Um, you know, disempowering stories of I'm not worthy or I'm not enough. That also stems from the default mode network. And here's the thing, it's largely programmed prior to the age of 10. And unless we are conscious of the choices that we're making, we're actually making choices from this default place, the survival place, uh, which is automatic, which is unconscious. It is also conditioned. And it's, again, the survival part of our brain. And so if we're not aware of that, we're making choices from from, from that place. Um, and so we can't control a lot of the negative thoughts that, that that come on because you've got this operating system going on. But what can we control? We can control where we shine the flashlight. 
We can control our focus. Are we going to focus on what we have or what we don't have? Are we going to focus on things we can control or the things we can't control? And based on our focus, based on the meaning that we give to things, based on the the story we tell ourselves about ourselves, it's going to change how we feel. And we just said right now, emotions changes the biochemistry of our body as well. And so those are the things that we can control, but you have to be able to see some of that old programming and, and, and realize that, you know, uh, so uh, Bruce Lipton, he's a, um, he's a cell biologist and author, also an author. He talks about how the movie, The Matrix is not really a movie. It's a documentary. Can we see the, that, you know, we were, we're, we're living a life in a program, but when we start to see the program, we can really start to see the, cho- the new choices that we can make above the old programming. But you have to see the old programming first. Um, so we had somebody on the program a couple of months ago um, who was a ketamine expert. Yeah. And she described ketamine as taking the snow globe and shaking it. And it just comes down to a different pattern. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering what you just told us about the default mode network. Is that what we're talking about here? The one changing that 100%. So um, the default mode network, scientists are just beginning to understand a lot more. Um, and unfortunately, because of you know, certain people that have traumas, they're, they're linked to, to maybe you know, thought patterns that, that are really negative. It, it, could, it could be linked to emotional patterns that are very repetitive, and you can't get out of it because it's in this loop. And what we're starting to understand is there are modalities to be able to quiet down the default mode network. You know, some of it being meditation, for example, if you're able to meditate, if you could just see your thoughts as your thoughts and not, you know, think that it's real life or reality, you know, and and being able to train your attention, you could actually start to see uh, basically this, you know, this default way of thinking and being and choosing something different. Uh, A lot of things in the psychedelic space right now, ketamine, psilocybin. LSD, they're doing functional MRI scans, uh, demonstrating that, you know, people who are taking these substances are quieting down. There's actually, you know, portions of the brain, including the amygdala, the hippocampus, and the more, you know, medial parts of our brain um, is the default mode. And they could see that actually quiet down and signal when people are doing those uh, psychedelics. Uh, another way of actually quieting down the default mode network is uh, certain forms of breath work can actually quiet down the default mode network as well. So it's a very fascinating study. And I think anyone who wants to become a better version of themselves really has to be able to see this older version of themselves as one, a primitive part of yourself that helps you survive, but not, not necessarily looking out for your happiness and your well-being. Yeah, well said. I guess around here we talk, um, you know, it's very action Jackson around here. <laughs> and so what I tell people is it's it's really hard to like think yourself into right acting, but you can act yourself into right thinking. And I'm thinking back to this idea that the default mode network, sometimes just by taking, I tell, I tell people like the, we all have these three core delusions about ourselves, which probably go back to this, the default mode network. Like mm-hmm. they're just like things that aren't true that we believe about yeah. ourselves. Yeah. And, and one of the ways to sort of tell yourself that that's not true is you take an action and present evidence to yourself, essentially mm-hmm. saying like, oh, well, listen, this happened and you can do this. So maybe this thing you believe about yourself isn't true. And I, I like what you're it's interesting, this idea of being able to see your thoughts in a way. I, I guess, I mean, for myself, Ken, I I view myself very, very differently mm-hmm. than I did 20 years ago or yeah. 40 years ago. Like, mm-hmm. it's just like, I don't see myself like that at all. Yeah. And I, I think some of that is, we just get a little older and I, and I think we get a little more, maybe um, evidence to the contrary for the default mode network. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I, I think anybody who's on the path of, you know, wanting to live longer or wanting to upgrade themselves eventually comes uh, to a moment in time going, Oh, if I want to become a better version of myself, what's stopping me? What's the mm. thing that keeps stopping me? 
Right. And I think they, they'll discover that, that it's probably old ways of thinking, feeling, and acting that kind of keeps him stuck. And you have to change that. Now, here's the awesome thing about bioenergetics. Everything is energy. Everything, all the energetic inputs um, are actually connected with each other. And so I mentioned those five things. You just mentioned you can't think your way out of a negative thought. Just why sometimes it's difficult to feel your way out of a funk. But because all these things are energetically connected, if you just act, like you said, in one of those other different categories, you'll start to shift the way you think and feel. For example, um, you know, let's just take the physical aspect. If you sleep better, ate better, and, and moved every day, you're going to change the way you feel, and, and, and it's going to change the way you think. You know, people that could just st- you know stand in a power pose for two minutes. There's a Harvard study that demonstrates that just doing that lowers cortisol by 18% in your body. It increases the confidence hormone testosterone by 22%, and you're 30% more likely to take action on your goals. You know, uh, let's take it on on the social side. Connecting with a loving, nurturing community will change the way you feel. And you change the way you feel, it's automatically going to change the way you think. And on the spiritual side, if you can, the spirit, the spiritual side is really just understanding you're a part of something bigger and you're sharing parts of you with something bigger. That's the spiritual aspect. And, um, you know, when you focus on other people, when you focus on serving, you're really telling your body, I got everything I need. And I don't, I'm not in survival mode, obviously, if I have everything I need and I'm serving. You know, and so when you start start to shift your focus on that, it actually changes your biology as well. So this bioenergetic model is beautiful because the thing that you might be stopped with in each one of those five categories, you don't have to do that thing. Do the do do whatever it takes. The easiest thing in each you know in each of the other categories that you can do when you change that into a habit, you change your bioenergetic state, you'll change your biochemistry, and it makes it easier for you to make new choices. And then you're also going to be thinking and feeling better, great, you know, also as well. I'm going to throw a new word in here for you. Yeah. Um, Challenge. Mm -hmm. My my feeling is, and I I didn't make this up, somebody, another medical professional told me this, that the, the recipe for vitality is connection, contribution, and challenge. Mm, Interesting. Uh Uh-huh. And I, um, the first two, I, yeah, okay. But then I thought about, oh, challenge. So challenge means um, struggle and it probably means risk. Um, Mm -hmm. How does that fit in? How does that fit in? Well, I I view challenge as the following. I feel challenge as an opportunity to take yourself to the next level because wherever you're at, Mentally, physically, emotionally, whatever it might be, you're 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 up against something. And the thing is, if we could start to take that challenge as an opportunity, do whatever it takes to upgrade ourselves to to overcome that challenge, we're suddenly a stronger version of ourselves. We're a more resilient version of ourselves. You know, part of the, you know one of the things you know when I start talking about purpose and spirituality is the challenge and the obstacle and the struggle. Is really there to make to make us grow, to become a better version of ourselves. And as we grow, we have more to give. And so I really look at it as that. You know, Ram Das, a um, you know a spiritual teacher, says that struggle is the sandpaper for our awakening. And so you know, I, I find that to be so true. And here's the thing: also, is it's the things that we challenge ourselves physically. You know. Uh, if we, you know, if we push ourselves enough, our body is resilient and be able to adapt to some, some of that stress. So a certain amount of stress is great. If you stress yourself too much, your body will collapse. But what are some stresses that we can do to our body that actually is good for our body? Take, for example, and I know you're a big fan of this, is, is cryotherapy or, or jumping into a cold river, right? It, it, it activates the sympathetic response at first, but then it gives you more, more access to parasympathetic, you know, thereafter. Another challenge is fasting, for example. You know, uh, if, if you're if you're fasting, you know, past you know uh, 24 hours or so, you really activate the body's 
um, response in a process called autophagy, which is a cell renewal response where you're basically taking up junk proteins in your cell, you're renewing it, and it's basically a rejuvenating type of process we have in our body. Um, and we know that like saunas and, and, and heat can also activate heat shock proteins that, um, will lead to more resilience and better metabolism in our body. So, uh, you know, I, I would agree that challenge is one of the things that basically help us grow and also helps us uh, become more resilient as well. Um, my friend Naveen Jain, mm -hmm. um, tells me. He says, you know, David, um, our greatest limitation is not our resources or our capacity. It is our lack of imagination. And as youth, as we talk about really all the things that we're talking about here, it, re it, re it requires a certain imagination of what may be possible. Mm -hmm. it, um, you know, as he says, like, you only think about, um, you don't plan going to Mars if you don't think you can go to Mars. Yeah. How does that, how do you work on that? How do you work on which part? The imagination The part imagination or? part, yeah, right. So, oh, great. Like, right, so you, if we're talking about struggle mm -hmm. and we're talking about contribution and connection, yeah. these things require us to have an imagination of what may be possible. Yeah. And how do we, how do we confront or how do we expand our imagination of what is possible so that then we have something we can struggle against? Oh, that's if that makes sense. Such a great question. Um, I I would go back to to bio bioenergetics, um, right? We've we've based on how we live our life in those five areas we talk about. We create a bioenergetic state, and you're somewhere in the spectrum between a stress and survive state, which basically increases inflammation, drops our immunity, giving us poor performance, and um, you know chronic disease, or you live in the thrive state which is basically the state for optimal health, longevity, and peak performance. So we need to be able to optimize our state to be able to think bigger than we are. And so much of that is quieting down that default mode. I think as kids, we're, we're playful, we're creative, you know, we're, we're out there, th you know, thinking that, that, you know, there are cows in the moon and, and different, you know, we've got this creative, playful state that I think kids are in flow and really flow is a state of consciousness that brings about these ideas. And when you are in default mode network or where you're in this survival mode, you're not going to have access to that. And so what do you do? I would probably say, if you work on the five things that elevate your state, when you're in the thrive state, you're going to come up with better ideas because you're, you're going to be more engaged. Um, and you know some of those things that I mentioned in terms of quieting down that default mode network, that's also going to help. Um, I know, for example, after I do, you know, uh, some breath work and we're, we're talking about like a, you know, 30 to 40 minute breath work session. I get in this state where I just feel like I am pure love. I am pure possibility. And from there I can start to make, you know, new choices and completely creative uh, whereas if I'm in that default mode, so here's the thing, a child has all those things, but over time you get hurt, you know, people, you know, tell you, you know, stories that aren't true and you start believing them and, 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 and you feed into this default mode. And unfortunately, as we get older, we lose our childlike playfulness and state and creativity because the default mode is running the show. And so one, elevate your bioenergetic state and two, uh, work on some of those practices that quiet down that default mode network. Okay. So I'm going to be your patient. All right. And I say, I say, Dr. Vu, I got two problems with this. The one is, I don't believe it's going to work. I think it's going to take too much time, too much energy. It's going to be a waste. It's not going to work for me. That's problem one. Yeah. Problem two is, I don't feel like I deserve this. Mm -hmm. What do well, I do? Great question. Uh, normally probably what I would do in, in that sense is have you participate in something called laughter yoga. And <laughs> there you go. Exactly. Laughter yoga. I'll have you flip your hands up in the air and go, yay. Now, obviously you laughed and for that <laughs> second, you probably felt pretty good. Now, here's the thing. Laughter yoga is not a practice I came up with. It's a practice that actually a doctor from Mumbai named Madan Kataria came up with. And it really utilizes um, movement, 
laughter, breathing, and childlike play to actually activate our biology. And I've done this, you know, in rooms of thousands of people. And I'll tell you, you're going to have some people that are that, that feel my energy and they're like, all right, this is going to be fun. Let's do it. But the majority, including myself for the very first time is going, this is, you want me to laugh right now? We're in the middle you know, of this big conference with thousands of other people. I'm not going to be sitting here and laughing. I get that a lot. And so I tell people, there's going to be a small, there's going to be a percentage of you that are, are just feeling, dude, this is not for me. Guess what? That's the default mode network. It's self-critical. It is judgmental, not only to yourself, but to other people. But if you could just get through it and just do it anyway, you don't have to think I'm funny. You don't even have to actually, you know, give me a genuine laugh. But if you could just go through the motions and do it, you'll start to notice that instantaneously within a couple minutes of this, you're going to change your state. And that's like one of the easiest free ways of just demonstrating how movement, laughter, and these things could activate your biology. And once I get you to do that, perhaps you'll start to under, understand, oh my God, I was in this state. And there are simple things that I could start to do to shift that state. So what's now more possible? What are the other things that Dr. Vu is talking about that's possible? Right. And so that you know, I use that to kind of lead into how just very simple movements beyond what we're currently thinking because the default mode wants to stop us the default mode says eh stupid judging whatever it is but if we if if we can make new choices particularly in those five areas i talked about overall programming you'll start to notice a shift in your state and the more you do that over and over again whatever it might be is make some new choices over old programming that's how you start to change your state that's when you start to build a new habit of becoming the next version of you so now I have um, Dr. Vu, the very accomplished medical doctor, yeah. who seems to be doing something different here. <laughs> <laughs> what? And I'm trying to think of a word for what's going on here. Um, it's eluding me. Uh, but I, I think this is fascinating. Um First of all, I don't want to think about laughter yoga. As soon as we get off, I'm going to Google laughter yoga. Like, oh yeah, a, yeah, you could like do an most... online session uh, yourself, and uh, you know, it it's it, it's even more fun. I think you'll get a kick out of it. But when you're doing it in a room full of other people doing it as well, it really raises raises up the energy because then you're compounding the energetic effect. Your state will affect other people's state. Here's the great thing. This is why I'm doing what I'm doing. Also, is like as we change our state, our state is contagious. Right. Yeah, like, you know, somebody right. who walks in a room and he's like super angry and his the energy is low. It can it, it can really change the energy of the room. Conversely, when we change our state, it affects other people as well. Mm-hmm. And imagine more people popping up. Their, their, their state is changing. We're basically changing the programming of what's currently out there. Mm-hmm. And my whole vision of this is, is people could understand the power they have to not only control their own state, but affect the state of the collective um, human consciousness around the world. We're really going to have humanity evolve and become a more loving and connected place. That's a beautiful thing. I, I you know, sometimes I, I people come to me and they're like, well, they're in sort of a, their, their default mode network is like on full on, right? Yeah. You don't know what to do. Yeah. And I just say, well, um, I want you to go out in the street and the first person you see, you smile and you say, nice shoes. Just that. And it's like, everything changes. Like everything yeah. just changes. Like the person, the, the first one, the person can be shocked. They yep. stop, but they smile at you. They see you're not a threat. You've just noticed them. Um, and them them feeling being noticed by you, you pick that up and suddenly you realize you just did this good thing. Yeah. And, 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 and I think that these things, they don't have to be like, you know, these huge sort of like service capital S it's just right. like the little stuff. Oh. And it, like that guy, whoever, you know, maybe that guy that you you see on the street and you say like nice shoes, he goes home in a different state. Than 100%. he was beforehand, right? And it, it causes yeah. a ripple effect. It causes yeah. a ripple effect of kindness. That's right. You know, and you know, if he's a CEO, his company will change that day. If if he's the head of a household or she is, you know, you come home and you're you're treating your spouse differently. Yeah. And so, you know, it it really doesn't take a lot. It takes a little bit of effort, but it causes such a huge ripple effect. You know, but here's the other thing: the converse is also true. Yeah. Right? 
you know, you, you, you can, you can spit out a lot of, a lot of negative energy. And here's the other thing also, unfortunately, as human beings, because of that default mode network, it pays more attention to negativity Mm -hmm. than it does positivity, which is why, you know, news headlines are all negative to try to catch your attention. Uh, And so, uh, you know, we're, we're up against stuff, but the way humanity has evolved thus far, I feel like good is has always been winning you know we're we're much better now than we were a couple of years ago than we were a century ago and we'll continue to you know to move in that direction okay wildcard question yep how long are you thinking to live oh i don't know 150 maybe (laughs) (laughs) so um naveen naveen jane said 175 um mike roizen from the cleveland clinic I think he told me 120. Um, I love asking people this question. Yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, you've been out speaking a lot. Yeah. You you were just at the biohacking conference. Mm-hmm. And I'm just curious, like you're now connected to a lot of people mm-hmm. in the, you know, health span longevity space. Have you seen anything out there that's um, that's like really got your attention? It's like, oh, that's really interesting. I didn't know about that. Yeah, well, I mean, there's certainly a lot, a lot of technology that's out there that that's you know pretty amazing. Um, you know, I I still look at you know all all this technology, the science of longevity. I feel like wow, you know, we're seeing stem cells, organ transplantation, new ways of detecting disease. I just had a full body MRI scan. Um, there are liquid biopsies where you do a blood test and it tests for early cancer cells. You know, all these so much out there that's great and uh we could go deep into each one of those technologies but you know i i I, it still has me go back and look at very simple ways of living life of being able to see you know energy practitioners and people that live in blue zones that just say wow how we live our life is medicine and if there was any super exciting concept i want to share with the world would be that how mm. we live our life as medicine. Are we loving each other? Are we building community? Are we serving each other? Are we, are we, can we live in states of pure gratitude, knowing how lucky we are to, to, to have this human experience? Or are we stressed out, you know, all the time? Like I did a couple of years ago when the pandemic first hit and I saw all my bank accounts just like dr- drop down, you know? Can we just begin to see that how we live our life as medicine? And um, you know, of all the you know places I've been to, I'm 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 always amazed with the new technology that's out there, which is why I feel like you know living up to 150 is 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 certainly a possibility. But I think people just need to remember that the true power of activating uh those genes of longevity, of the genes of high performance ultimately rests in the choices that we make moment to moment. Um and uh and yeah that's most exciting and and sharing that message with the people out there is what i'm most excited about well and you're happier when yeah. you do that stuff right. right who wants i mean sure you maybe you live to 150 and be miserable who wants that no yeah like, right i think i want to be happy right <laughs> right yeah certainly certainly amazing you know, you know tony robbins talks about the the um you know, I talk about the science of longevity and the art of living and the art of living really be, truly being medicine as well. He talks about the um, the science of achievement versus the art of fulfillment. And anyone who achieves a bunch but is miserable in life is still just miserable in life. You're just maybe you got a billion dollars and you're miserable. And that's certainly the ultimate failure, I, I think. Yeah, I, I mean, we both know that like, those two things don't go hand in hand. <laughs> right. right. They're not necessarily exclusive. I mean, you know, people that, that do both, but um, the one doesn't predicate the other. Mm-hmm. Um, wonderful. Um, this is like such a joy. Um, you, you're such a deep science guy mm-hmm. and we could talk about like that stuff. Yeah. Um, but I love just talking about like living right? Like living, what, what, what is that? The, the quote, like living well is the best revenge or something. I mean, 
I don't know. Somebody's yeah, there. something like that. You know, living life well is the best revenge. You know, I, I don't like to think of it as revenge. I, I, I like to tell people that, you know, actually forgiving people um, and freeing yourself of that negative energy is not a gift to them by any means. You're not condoning their their the harm that they might have done for you. You're just releasing yourself of right. the resentment, of the hate, of the anger that's poisoning your body and basically turning on genes that are like terrible. Um, I like the science part because I am an MD and, you know, I like to say, you know, all the woo woo stuff that's out there. Now there's science that you start backing some of that stuff up in terms of how we're living. So, so that's the really exciting part. It's amazing. Um, I'm, I'm really happy. I know you, um, you, you really add a lot to my life. Um, thank you. Brother. And it, it's, it's great to have you on the show. Uh, anything you want to leave people with? Um, I know you've got you, the book Thrive State. Everybody buy it, please. It's great. Um, and is there anything you've got coming up that we need to tell people about? Uh, no. I mean, uh, there, there's an online course. You can go to my website. Uh, you can hit the button Accelerate. It's an online course that basically allows you to go into Thrive State and, and uh, with a group of people. It's kianvu.com slash accelerator. And for all the podcast listeners, if you use the code PODCAST25, you get 25% off. Cool. Yeah. Love, that. Love a discount, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, man. Thank you so much for your time today. Um, it's always a pleasure. All right. Thanks for having me. Take care, man. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us on the show today. Wasn't that wonderful? I feel every time I speak to Ken, I feel better about the world and I feel better about myself. Um, and I think the more of those kinds of people we have around us, the better off we are. A big thank you to the sponsors who make this show possible. Inside Tracker. Go to insidetracker.com slash ages. Save on all their products. Inside Tracker is the dashboard to your inner health. And Element, L-M-N-T, my favorite electrolyte mix. Go to drinkelement.com slash ageist. Hey, score yourself a free sample pack with your next purchase. Everyone, have a wonderful week. If you have a moment, please leave us a rating wherever you're listening to this podcast. We would really appreciate that. And leave us a comment, too. We love those. And, of course, please share the Super Age podcast with whoever you think could use it. Everybody have a great week. We'll see you next week. Take care now.